I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. So, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Quite well. Quite well. So, can you begin by giving me a brief summary about yourself? Yeah. So, my name's Sky. I go by Sky Miranda. And I am a tarot coach, which is basically like tarot reading. And yeah, I've been doing this for the past year. I started in a bar doing it to raise money for this project I was working on at the time to do like art classes for kids in the city. And I just fell in love with it. And I was like, oh, I want to keep doing this. So did you ever have a spiritual journey or some sort of spiritual awakening? Yeah, so I I went from, I was raised in a Christian church that was pretty conservative. And I left that and was like an atheist for eight years, which like nothing wrong with atheism, but I just, I think I needed a break. I was like, let me just do nothing for a while, figure myself out. And then I looked into going to Salem, Massachusetts for Halloween because I was like, I love camp. I love Halloween and gothy stuff. So like, let's just go have a fun Halloween. And there's like a lot of people actually doing witchy stuff like for real in Salem. So I was like really intrigued. I was like, oh, this is a real thing. Like this isn't just like in TV. (laughs) So I went there, did some classes, really got like bit by the bug. And I had a friend back home who gifted me a tarot deck and kind of like showed me how to get started. So, yeah. Okay. And we're, we're going to get more into tarot cards because I've interviewed other people that have worked with tarot cards. Oh, and I cool. think talking with you, you could get very specific with what you do. So why tarot cards? Yeah, I think, so I went to art school also, and I'm an artist. And I think as form, there's lots of forms of divination, right? Like you could, or you could be into astrology. You could be into runes, um, stuff like that. You could be into reading tea leaves or palmistry. But I think as artists, like tarot is just such a perfect fit. You're looking at images. You can use your visual knowledge to draw a story out from the cards. It just really came naturally to me to look at the card and be like, oh, yeah, I totally am getting a story from this. All right. And how many cards do you have in your deck specifically? There are 78. I have, a, I have a few that I use, but yeah, most have about have 78. Okay. And was it custom made or did you get it from someone? Oh, no, I don't have anything that fancy. I just use, I have it here, but let me not get the glare for it. Um, But it's called the Modern Witch Tarot. And it's a really good update on the original Smith Rider Waite. I say original in terms of like 1909, but it looks very similar to those cards. So a lot of people love it. Very good. And you have a business as well. So can you kind of go into how you turn tarot card reading into a business where you actually Twitch stream and you have a full Instagram and you have this community around you? Yeah, I really was putting in the time. I think 
Like I still do my readings for donations, even if it's one-on-one on Zoom. And I do that because there's like so many tarot readers out there. I totally understand like who is this random person on the internet? <laughs> like, let me see if they're any good or if they're going to try and scam me. Because there's a big problem in tarot where like you'll get weird messages on Instagram from people being like, oh, give me $20 because you have a curse on you and I need to break it. (laughs) Like people get these kind of messages. So there's a lot of stigma in tarot reading. And I think other things that fall under kind of like that psychic category, like mediumship, I know they have a lot of this problem, these problems as well. So I wanted to like give people a no, no risk, try it out, see if it's helpful And yeah, I love doing it that way. And it is a slow buildup of community, slow finding people who really dig your style and really connect with you. So this is actually very important because my focus is on psychic entrepreneurs. Can you talk about how a psychic specifically builds up their community? I think I'm still figuring it out. There's always, you can always expand your community, but I think, hmm, I'm trying to think of how. I mean, I think it's, Putting yourself out there is kind of the first thing. I think a lot of people wait because they're worried they're not good enough yet or they don't have enough experience. And you never know what person will connect to your voice specifically who's looking for a community. So my advice is always just to like get started. You don't have to be an expert right away. You don't have to charge right away. You can build up your knowledge as you go. What were the obstacles you had to go through when starting your business around tarot card reading? I think the biggest obstacle was just doubting myself. Like, it's really nerve-wracking to give readings because you're just like, I don't know, I get in my head a lot. I'm a very anxious person. So it's like, oh, gosh. And I try to read people's faces, which I'm really bad at it, though. Like, I never, like, I'm trying to read their expression and be like, are they liking this reading? And I really had to stop doing that because... Like, I was always wrong. Like, I'd be doing readings and trying really hard and being like, oh, I I don't know if they're liking this. And then at the end, they'd be like, oh, that was so awesome. And I was like, oh, cool. (laughs) So I think it's like getting out of your own head or for me getting out of my own head. It's the biggest challenge, but it's like also the biggest reward to like get that practice. And did you learn this skill from someone else or did you practice this? Oh, getting out of my own head. Well, mainly the tarot card reading. Oh, okay. (laughs) Tarot card reading. Yeah. So I was taught by my one friend who like had been in the pagan community for 16 years. And he gave me like one-on-one lessons at first. And then I also took a course with Lindsay Mack of Tarot for the Wild Soul. And hers is really interesting because she also has like her own interpretations for everything. And that was really cool because I also have some unique interpretations for each card that if you Google it, it won't necessarily match what I get from it. But I think that's the fun part about tarot is to kind of see what your own interpretation is and see what your style or your own ideas are. Very good. And was this Lindsay Mack an inspirational person in your life? Oh, she's like, I just found her because she had a podcast that was really cool. And I was impressed with how professional she is and how she can just talk for like 60 minutes about a few cards. I was like, she knows her stuff. Like she can just freestyle it. (laughs) So, yeah. 
What was your first tarot card reading like? Because I know you may have been nervous. Did the um, prediction ever come to light in their way? Or kind of give me one where you got the full story, even after the reading. Yeah, so that's kind of the interesting thing about my readings is I don't typically make predictions. I tend to use it as like, okay, where are you right now? Let's like review, let's process. And then it's, okay, where do you want to go? What? How can you create that future you want? And so I think I remember because it was for someone at that event where we were raising money for art supplies And I was like, oh, yeah, there's like a decision coming up for you. And like, you're feeling torn. And they were just like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And just like little things like that totally like built up my confidence over time. And do you think confidence has something to do with having accuracy in your readings? I think it definitely helps because I think if you're worried too much, it's hard to be present. And it's hard to be really connected with other people. So it definitely like calming down, letting your thoughts collect is really, and confidence kind of helps you do that to like take your time, think about it. Yeah. Very good. What do you think your biggest failure was and how did you overcome that? Yeah. I mean, I had one person once who they wanted like a yes or no, if their ex was coming back kind of thing. And that's just, like, not my style. Like, I know other tarot readers would be more or, like, feel more comfortable being, like, no or yes. It's just, like, the way I do it is more, like, how can you – what do you want to do? Like, do you want them back, really? Is it, like, if you do want them back, what kind of conversation can you have with them? Or, like, what can you do to actually get them back? But they were just disappointed because they really wanted, like, just tell me yes or no. So I was looking on your website and you talked a lot about how tarot cards can't exactly predict your future. And I've personally done three tarot card readings with a psychic, a medium and a witch. Mm -hmm. And they sort of give me a view of it, but in kind of a hazy way. Can you sort of they're all correct in my eyes, but can you sort of give a gist on what you mean by that? Yeah. So I think, and some people will like comment on my stuff and be like, oh no, they do predict the future. Like I've done it. But I think that's fine. Like I mostly say that to me that like, I don't predict the future with them. (laughs) But yeah, it is a very people, even people who do use it to predict the future. It's much more so in a, a generalized terms way. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, you'll meet someone on May 15th like they'll look like this and you'll like start dating on the 20th, like whatever. It's just going to be more of a general for sure. Right. Because, okay. Okay. That explains a lot more. So you're saying tarot cards can predict the future, but it's not going to be in a very accurate way that most people would assume it would be. Yeah. A lot of people have like the vision probably from movies of like the psychic being like, oh yes, like you're going to get married and he's going to be a banker. (laughs) I'm just making stuff up. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's not like that. (laughs) Okay. And what advice would you give to someone that would like to pursue a career similar to yours? I think my advice would be to, I already talked about just getting started And I think it is just like, keep putting in the work, keep like, be generous. You know, it's not a career where you have a degree 
and you're like certified. I mean, there's some like certification programs, but it's not like you're like, oh, yes, I have the master's degree in tarot reading. So it's okay. Like you kind of have to build up your rapport. And are you a part of a conven or a group of witches? And do you come together and work with them? Because I've heard witches tend to do that. Um, yeah. So I, I'm part of a few different traditions, but the main one that I go to like rituals with, I mean, not during COVID, they've all been canceled, but is there's one called the reclaiming tradition. So I do a lot of stuff with them. Okay. In these traditions, what, what usually happens? Is it mainly tarot cards? No, I would say the rituals are more kind of maybe what you would see in the craft, honestly, without the fantastical stuff, obviously. But, you know, it's like calling the circle. Like we normally have a myth that we're working with the themes of and maybe you'll do something like light a candle and like create an intention as you're lighting it. And like in the reclaiming tradition specifically, there's a lot of dancing. So that's fun. (laughs) A lot of singing as well, if that's your thing. All right. What types of readings do you generally do for people? Because some people may want to come to you with certain things and you may not want to do them. And there's others that you would be glad to do. Yeah, I think, well, I think most people do come for love or career. Those are kind of like the biggest concerns in life, I think, is like, how are you going to spend your time and how are you going to be prosperous, hopefully? And, you know, love, how are you going to make love happen? Is love coming for me? So that totally makes sense. I don't, a lot of people don't do health readings, which I understand why, because they're not trying to diagnose people, obviously. I wouldn't have a- Just for a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm okay doing health readings because I don't predict things because I would look at it more from a like, okay, what do you need to do? Like, do you need to eat better? Are you like taking your medication when you should be like, those things might come through like, oh, you're just like, these are some things you can put in place to like, take care of your health. Is there something holding you back from going to a doctor? Like, can we work through that? Is it fear? Like, you know, that kind of thing. And maybe you could run through how your services work. We uh, we actually have a share screen option here. So maybe if you could grab your browser and kind of get something, I could put it up there for you. And you can okay. kind of get people kind of a rundown of your website. and the oh, services. Okay. Yeah, let me see. I'm like, I just have like things on my back, my, um, <laughs> my desktop. They're like pictures of Aphrodite. Okay, share screen. And while you're doing that, kind of just give a little bit of a summary on what are the services you provide. So paying for what and what on your website, because I looked on it, it seems you have a few things. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I've done that. I do one on one readings. They're normally about 30 minutes and I've done bachelorette parties. I can do couples and that kind of thing. So it's, it's pretty open. I do love talking about relationships because in another life, I was also into like sex education and I like became a certified sex and sexuality educator. So yeah, I love talking about like relationships and dating and like helping people with dating profiles. Let's see. Now I'm trying to, (laughs) okay, there we go. Yeah, so the one-on-one, like I said, that is just over Zoom, about 30 minutes. I do about 7 to 10 cards. I tend to just, like, pull more for fun. It's not really strict. 
Um, and yeah, you can ask whatever questions you want, or you can just kind of see what comes up in the reading. Um, dating and relationships. Yeah, if you just want, like I said, love, big topic, and I love talking about it. Monthly workshops. Yeah, so there, I do workshops. A lot of times they are themed with the month or a holiday, like I did a Valentine's Day one, but then I'll also just do like New Beginnings one. So yeah, check in to those group workshops and group tarot readings. Yeah, bachelorette parties, super fun. Um, birthday parties, whatever. I love doing it for lots of different people at once. So yeah. Okay, and we'll go on to the next page now. Uh, now it's an inception. Okay. <laughs> next page. Which one? Yeah, so after the about, so book a session. Okay, yep. Yeah, this is where you can do that. All, like I was saying, they're all for donations slash free. So yeah, and I made this this art over here. So that's basically it. <laughs> all right, good. So the next, and you also have a blog too. What do you talk about on your blog? Is that more of a side research? Yeah, this is more for, I post spreads and collective readings on here, but they're also available on my Instagram. So, Okay, let's go back here now. So the next part I want to get into is sort of the live sessions that you do. Mm -hmm. How do those work? Do you just grab and snatch people that donate and you give them a reading and it just goes on from there? Like in person? Well, for your Twitch streaming. Oh, Twitch. I got it. Yeah. So I, I have some people that come pretty regularly, so that's cool. And yeah, you can just join the queue. And I do about three cards on Twitch, sometimes more though, because for fun. <laughs> and yeah, they just ask me questions in the chat. I also do lives on Instagram now too. So there's lots of ways to get, get one. How did you build your Instagram? Because you have a fairly decent Instagram with some people that follow you and look at what you're doing. If you could sort of talk about how you used your other platforms to build up your Instagram, I think that could help people a lot. Yeah, actually. Well, so definitely some people from Twitch follow me on Instagram and some people from TikTok. But the biggest thing is like Instagram's version of TikTok, which is Reels. And making videos is really a good way to get out to people. I think it's like a new fun way to like show show yourself. Okay. And how does TikTok work in the sense that you do tarot card reading? Aren't TikTok supposed to be only 15 seconds? How do you do reading in 15 seconds? Yeah, I don't do readings. I tried to do a few like on TikTok to be like, like collective readings like three cards but i i mostly just make jokes on tiktok and instagram with the videos and sometimes i'll do like quick instructional or like quick facts about tarot so it's more like that what do you mean by facts about tarot like like i'll make a video about pamela coleman smith like just being like oh this is the person who illustrated the smith rider white tarot and or I'll be like, oh, if you have a card that you keep pulling over and over and you're like, why does this card keep following me? You know, you can put it on your altar and kind of like focus on it intentionally for a while. So. Okay. And for other people listening here, what, what is tarot card reading actually? <laughs> can you kind of go into the history of that and what that's all about? Because tarot cards are your specialty. So if you kind of 
give people all the information they need mm-hmm. in a summary. That would help a lot. Yeah. So the history, the oldest deck we have is from Italy in the 1500s, pretty short. And, you know, back then it was like expensive to make cards. Like not everyone had them. So like this wealthy family, the Visconti family, they had the deck. And then it moved to France. It became popular in France. There's a tarot. Oh, I'm really bad at pronouncing French, so I'm going to butcher it. But it's like tarot. No, I'm not going to try. You can look up the French tarot deck. <laughs> but that one was the next biggest one in terms of like reach. And people are still printing them today. So if you are a French speaker, that's really cool. And, you know, I would say that it did get really popular after the 1909 deck that was illustrated by Pamela Coleman Smith. Because um, that one was mass printed it's the one that most people reference still and yeah the the history in terms of like when they became used for like divination purposes versus just being a playing card game because they probably did start out as just a normal deck of cards you know that one's that's a little bit more up to speculation about when it crossed over in that way do you have the main pamela deck yes yeah yeah, I have a couple, but yeah, they look. I have the little one. This is the first one I had. So yeah, it's she's a really fascinating person to like. She was an illustrator and a theater set creator, and yeah. Do you know what motivated her to make her tarot deck look the way it does? I have a book of all of her illustrations, and a lot of her illustrations do have that like theater Shakespearean quality to them. So I think, yeah, it kind of is in line with the rest of her illustrations. So how do you think tarot cards are made in general? Because I notice tarot cards tend to look different. They have all these weird shapes, <laughs> designs. Like I think for one card, which represented death, it was two black skeleton hands next mm. to a flower. So can you kind of go into how these designs are made? Are they just thought up or is it a general scheme that needs to be followed? Yeah, so, you know, we are definitely in a renaissance of sorts of different tarot decks because people, artists are making their own. And, like, I have one that's, like, all black and white and looks, like, very different. It's square. It's the Dark Days tarot. A lot do work off of the original Smith Rider weight, like this one, and kind of use the imagery still and, like, build off of it, even if sometimes it ends up looking a lot different. So, yeah, it depends. Some people really follow the closely the imagery from that deck like it'll be like i think there's like a tarot deck with cats in it instead of like people (laughs) and like so it'll be like cat tarot and then other ones will look really different like people just totally reimagine the cards so it's just about finding a style you like some are very minimalist mostly symbols I don't personally vibe with those because I like the illustrations and the art and like getting the story from the figures. But some people, they think of them more in terms of the symbols. And so those really work for them. So is it more about intuition or are there certain tiers of decks? Are there certain decks that you would only see experts using? And then there's other decks that are more for casual people that just want to goof off. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think anybody can use any deck. I don't think you, there's more like expert decks. You just kind of like deepen your knowledge of the deck as you go on. 
What do you mean by deepen your knowledge? Like you might start off with um, generally knowing the basics, like that the cups are the suit of water. You know, they're associated with water. And maybe that also relates a lot to feelings and emotions. And then you have the swords, which are connected to the element of air. So it's like thoughts and ideas and communication and so on. Um, and so you could start off there and then you could go deeper into the imagery and be like, oh, okay, well, like there's mountains in the background. What do they represent in this card? Or like, what's this like lobster? <laughs> like what do lobsters represent? And you could kind of go deeper into knowing more about each visual thing in the card. So when you first get a deck, what is the process that you need to go through to understand how the deck actually works? Do you have to actually read each card or could you actually have no idea what the deck looks like and just start pulling cards out? I could just have no idea what the deck looks like and start pulling cards out. It might take me a little longer with each card because I would take more time looking at it and kind of getting a sense of what my interpretation of that artist's depiction is. Um, which I think is the fun part about tarot. I get bored really easily. So I like the funness of being able to dive into new ideas. And what are these new ideas specifically? Yeah. So like if I was looking, I'm trying to think of an example, but like the hermit example, for example. So in the Smith Rider way, the hermit is like an old guy with like a lamp. Right. And so people can talk about the symbolism of the lamp and like that being like knowledge or wisdom. Um, but then you have like the dark days tarot, which has a person coming out of a shell. And that's a really interesting, a different way to think of a hermit, I guess a hermit crab, but maybe like how, what's it like if you're in your shell versus where, when do you feel comfortable coming out of your shell? There's just like different metaphors and ways to get the message. Okay. And when you say there's different ways to get the message, are there certain tarot decks that give too many messages and they're not considered good at all? Oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think it's really personal preference. Like some people love tarot decks that I just don't personally vibe with. I'm sure I love decks that people are like, I don't, this one doesn't speak to me. So yeah, I wouldn't call any bad necessarily because there's somebody out there who's like, yes, I've been waiting for this one. Okay. And I don't mean this in... This is sort of an unorthodox question, but okay. what if I just sat down and I just cut up a bunch of paper and I just started mm -hmm. scribbling and doing all kinds of random things on different cards and I made a bunch of cards? Would that actually be considered a tarot deck? What determines a tarot <laughs> deck that you could use? I think that would be very punk, number one. <laughs> It'd be the punk rock tarot deck, the chaos tarot deck. But yeah, I mean, maybe I wouldn't personally use it. I mean, I think there is, there's some standards, right? In terms of like, there's typically 78 cards. There's 22 major arcana. They typically tend to be the fool and all these other different characters through the world. And then there's like, you know, the different suits. But even then, people mess with it. They add cards to the major arcana. They change the suits up, you know. But yeah, it is an interesting question. I haven't come across a deck yet where I was like, is this even a tarot deck anymore? Yeah, that hasn't. Because there are also oracle decks, which are different. Oracle decks don't really follow any rules. It's just kind of like you pull a card and you get the message from it. So 
maybe if things stop being a tarot deck and become an oracle deck, there's like a maybe there's a spectrum right. there. When you're talking about spectrum, what do you think the difference between an oracle deck and a tarot deck is? Because I've heard people say to me, no, 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 that's an oracle deck, or no, that's a, a tarot deck, and I have no idea what that means. So can you sort of explain that? Yeah, I actually don't really use oracle decks, so I might not be the best at it, but I think they do they don't follow the same like major arcana, minor arcana set. I think they're more just like you pull this is an example, you might pull a card and it says like love. Like it might be more like open themes like that. I mean my open themes. Yeah, like overall themes, um, and versus like the Ten of Cups. Or like the Queen of Wands, you might pull a card and it'll be like love and connection. I don't know. That's like an example. Okay. Okay. And why do you prefer tarot over oracle decks? I just haven't gone into oracle decks, but I I kind of enjoy the challenge of drawing the themes out of the tarot cards because they are a little bit more vague. Like if you just get a card that says death, then I can talk about how it's about transformation and maybe how transformation is happening in the person I'm reading for. And we can like make connections there. Um, I think it's just kind of like a cool conversation. Okay. And how many cards can you pull out whenever you're doing a reading? I tend to do approximately seven for like a 30 minute session, but sometimes I'll pull more cards just to be like, Oh, let's like dig in a little bit more to this area and see what else there is. So I'm trying to think the most I've ever done in one, I think 12. I was just like, let's keep going. <laughs> because from what I've seen, they usually do three by threes. So they have three cards about your past, three cards about your present, and three cards about your future. You said you do 12. So how does that work? Yeah, so I have my own spread that I created that I tend to use for one-on-ones. And so I have like, I'm playing, I still play with it, but I have like about seven spots. And so one will be kind of like an overall card about you. Two will be about what you're currently going through. A few will be about what can help out in the situation. And the last two are to help us craft what's next for you and your intention moving forward. Sometimes there's a card that's like, hey, look out for this thing that might come up for you in the future. So, And what are some of the best readings you've done on people? Hmm. I mean, I always love it. <laughs> this is going to sound weird. I love it when people cry. Like I love, <laughs> like it's happened a few times and it's so sweet. And I love to know that it's like a place where people can express themselves freely and get inspired and like get, get it out. So yeah, I'm trying to think of specifics. I'm like, I don't want to give anybody's story away. I should think of, but I think it's always cool. Like I'll be like, Oh, you're, you're like losing your passion for your job. It seems like, and they're just like, yes, like I'm so burnt out. Like I know I should be happy because it's a good job, but like, I'm just sick of it. And these readings, do you ever have a few where you're like, I don't want to give the information or. No, I don't have that happen. Like I was like, it's not that I'm like, oh, positive vibes only or anything like that. But like when we're talking about the current situation, the current circumstances, how you're currently feeling, we can definitely go there and get into it and like talk about what's going on and like how things are 
like suck right now potentially for you. But because I then craft it to be like, okay, so like, what do you want to do from here? What can help in the situation? What are you going to be intending to happen? There's not really like any like doomsday there. And when you're doing your readings, do you ever think to yourself, can I actually work with this person? Are there certain people where it's impossible to get a reading from them? I do think it helps if you are open to it. Like if you're someone who is very skeptical and you're kind of sitting back and you're like, impress me, like it's, it's probably not going to impress you. <laughs> like you're going to want me to do something like, Oh, you were born on June 10th. You know, they're going to want things right. that are like, I, that aren't really a part of it. Um, so it definitely helps to be open to it and to be like, also, cause it's like, it's not only me reading for you. It's like a conversation and like, you're also looking for yourself and reflecting on yourself. So yeah, it's, it works better if you're like show up to actually participate. So when people show up to participate, what is the best way to go about approaching a reading? If I'm just standing here saying, okay, I want a reading. What should my headspace be? Oh, I think it can be any headspace. Like you can be totally upset, like <laughs> totally stressed out. I think that's when a lot of people do turn to spiritual tools is when things aren't going well. And I mean, if it's with me, I would just like ask if there's like a specific area that you want to focus on. Like you could just say career, for example, or you could just say, no, I just like want to see what comes up. And I'm totally cool with that. I'm trying to remember if I answered your question completely, but <laughs> you answered it. You answered it. So okay. what are some misconceptions a lot of people have about tarot card reading? I think the biggest one I get in my comments, especially on my videos, is that like it's a scam. Like I was kind of mentioning earlier, and I'm like knowingly like bullshitting people and just trying to get money, which is funny because like I do things for donations. So like I'm not <laughs> like if I was just trying to get money, like that would have be the best idea probably and yeah that, i'm just like bullshitting which is funny because i i mean i know there's people out there who do who could do that and probably do do that with tarot but like personally i'm just really bad at lying so i don't think i could fake it <laughs> but yeah and then the other one is just that it's well and i also get like that it's worshiping the devil <laughs> that's like the other big misconception but you know people have their beliefs and a lot of times if they think it's devil worship, I'm not really going to convince them otherwise. So, you know, it is what it is. So you're also a pagan, correct? Yeah. Okay. So how do how does paganism kind of work into your mission with tarot card reading? Because I do think paganism may be a central core for you now. That's a big change to go from Christianity to atheism to paganism. How did that all connect with the tarot card reading and maybe with your life beforehand? Well, I'm trying to think if it, I think it just kind of connects because tarot is, it tends to be thought of as spiritual. So it's like, if you get into paganism and witchcraft, like you're going to run into tarot. I'm thinking about like my life in general, in terms of how it impacts it. I mean, I think just overall in my life, it is like, I love, knowing that someone walked away from a reading like inspired and like uplifted and feeling good. And so it's just kind of more of like an overall life, like goal. I don't want to call it a mission necessarily, but like, I don't know, things that like 
make me happy is helping other people. So I think that's more of how it connects versus like having a specific like spiritual or religious framework. Okay, let me rephrase my question. Okay. You didn't answer it, but I want you to answer all of it now. So do you think, you know, your tarot card reading contributes a little bit to your paganism work? Oh, I so see. Example, if um, I'm a Christian, maybe helping people would fall in line with being a Christian. Does your readings kind of fall in line with what you do as a pagan? That's what I'm asking. Okay, got it. Yeah. It's funny. It's it's funny that it's like so hard for me to make this connection. <laughs> but do they in some ways they do, in some ways they don't. Like I think of it as a spiritual practice. That's definitely like part of like overall my spiritual practice. But um in a lot of ways it can be really separate because I read for all sorts of people who aren't necessarily pagan. So it kind of goes both ways. Do you think your practices or the way you do carrot card reading would be different if you weren't with a coven or working sort of on Twitch or doing other things like that? Probably. <laughs> well, definitely on Twitch. I got a lot of experience on Twitch working with like people like strangers because I can't, I mean, I know some people now because I've talked to them on discord or on Instagram. So I like know them face to face now more, but like reading for strangers definitely like really helped me escalate how my knowledge and how I feel like how good I was really fast. And in terms of the coven, I definitely, it probably did help too, because now that I'm thinking about it, like the coven, the tradition I'm a part of, they try really hard like to be non-hierarchical so anybody can show up and know a little bit and like jump in and like do something. So like in a ritual, maybe I'll sign up or volunteer to call in an element. And I'm not really comfortable talking in front of people. Like it makes me really nervous. I don't like projecting or being loud. It makes me really uncomfortable. So I'll like put myself out there anyway. And maybe do an okay job at it honestly like but everyone will just be like that was amazing you know like it's a really supportive community they just want everybody to like step into being empowered and helping out so that probably also helped with like my confidence with this kind of stuff excellent now speaking of confidence you know you have your cards here right now yeah you can possibly do a reading for me yeah of course let me make some space i all right and so it's just I'll, a general reading, nothing specific. Got it. Yeah, so I'll do three cards for now. So it's not like half an hour long. <laughs> okay. And which deck is this? I'm going to be using the Modern Witch deck. Okay, Modern Witch deck. Yeah, I feel like this one is most like straight shooter out of all of them. All right. So we've got the World Reverse. I'll try and hold them up. The Page of Wands. And the two of pentacles. So the first one is where you currently are at right now. And the world is one of my favorite cards. The other one is the fool. They kind of like, I feel like they really play off of each other though. Because the fool's at the beginning and the world's at the end. So with the world and where you currently are, I tend to see the world as expansion. And it comes up for people a lot who are like really trying to expand themselves um, who really want to be known and in the world, you know, it's kind of in the title. But since it's reversed, I would say that maybe if there is like a frustration 
around it, like maybe not expanding as quick as you want to, wanting to reach more people, and just currently feeling a little stuck, a little stopped there. Okay. There's also like a fly in my house today and it keeps like buzzing into the screen, which is really funny. Okay. If you aren't watching though, you don't know that. Okay. So then we have what can help. So we have the page of wands. Oh yeah. Unless you want to say anything about the first card, actually, I like to give no, people. No. Fine. Yeah. Just go on to the next one. You're good. Okay. I like to let people talk if they want to, but you don't have to. So we have the page of wands in terms of what can help. So the pages, they are, I think of them as like the student mentality. A lot of times they come up when you're going through new experiences or you feel like a little out of your element, like putting yourself out there. You're like learning things. It's all new to you. And the wands are the element of fire. And I see fire as action like it's going out there and doing the thing so these cards tend to come up to be about like taking action so what can help here the pages also tend to come up when like you want to feel like an or like like you want to feel like you think you should be an expert already but the cards are kind of saying like, no, this is new for you. It's okay that like you're still learning. Don't be so hard on yourself in terms of like, I should have it all together already. I should know what I'm doing. Um, so part of it is like giving yourself that kind of grace. I think the other thing that can help is to focus on taking action. Focus on what things you can do to maybe get to that like world that you're wanting to be. The world of like expansion and reaching out and being known perhaps. And especially because it's a page of wands, maybe trying things that you've never tried before, like getting really uncomfy, comfy <laughs> and doing things that are totally new to you that you never thought you would do before. So you could even like make a list of like things you could do that you think would be helpful. That would be like terrifying to actually do them, perhaps <laughs> like that's that'd be cool. And then we've got the two of pentacles, which is kind of like the what's next and your intention. So as we see here, it's a figure holding two pentacles. Sometimes they're thought of as coins. So they are the element of earth. So the earth cards, they can be about career or finance, sometimes sometimes even about health or where you live. It's all of those really tangible things in life. And the two of pentacles specifically... It's, well, first of all, it's interesting that we have a two here in our last card. It also kind of signals like a new, it's like a first step in some ways. It's like close to the new beginnings because we have the aces or number ones and those are new beginnings. And then we have the two of pentacles. So you're kind of like just getting started here. And the two of pentacles really asks about balance too. So that could be coming up because... I'm not thinking like with the page of wands and talking all about taking actions, maybe there's also some balance that would be really helpful to have as an intention. Maybe it is like a work and play balance. That's important right now. A balance of money spending, something like a balance of expectations versus like reality. Um, kind of looking for how you can have more balance in your life. So in terms of an intention, and this is something that I give everyone in a personal reading and I tell them to like write it down, ideally daily. Let's see. Yeah, it's just to sum it up. Um, yeah, so you could summarize all of it. Yeah, yeah. Good. yeah. 
we're going to summarize it into an intention. So it could be, I'm creating expansion, action, and balance in my life. And you just write that down daily and keep yourself present to like what you are working towards. Okay. Expansion, action, and balance, right? Yeah. That's really interesting. Really interesting. And, you know, to end this off, do you have any final words you would like to say to the audience kind of about what you're doing, how you feel about all this? Hmm, Final thoughts. I think it's that you don't have to have a specific belief system to like tarot. You can be an atheist and like tarot, or you can be curious and like it. You can be Christian and like tarot. And it doesn't have to be super serious. It can be fun. You know, like, yeah, there's just, there's no rules. Just have fun with it. All right. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show. 